Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Welcome to 2019, and thanks to all of you listeners who have made Paradigm Shift a successful podcast in its first year. Today, we are not only celebrating the new year, we are also celebrating the 40th episode of this podcast. What better way to bring in the new year and to celebrate our anniversary than to bring back the very first guest we had on Paradigm Shift to talk about planning for a successful 2019, David Sussler. I am sure our listeners have been inundated with countless articles, blogs, and news stories about ways to improve ourselves and to make 2019 count. Over the next two episodes, David and I are going to take a bit of a different approach. We are going to talk about what 2018 meant for each of us, both professionally as well as personally, and how we are hoping to have 2019 build on our accomplishments so far, as well as providing some tips and advice for how to plan and strategize for a successful year. Before we jump in, I'd like to introduce David again, especially for those of you who may not have heard our other shows where, he had, where we had him as a guest. David Sussler is a practicing attorney, and he is Associate General Counsel at National Material LP. In his day-to-day role, he works both with internal clients within his organization, as well as with outside counsel and vendors who are service providers to him and his company. During his 31-year career, David has worked both as outside counsel in a law firm, as well as in-house for various companies, and he has an interesting and valuable perspective on what it means to be an effective legal partner and trusted advisor. David is a frequent writer and speaker on various issues involving the business of law, and he and I are co-columnists of the Chicago Lawyer column Inside Out which compares and contrasts private practice and in-house counsel perspectives on current issues and trends impacting both the legal and business landscapes. In addition to being my partner in crime on the writing front for nearly nine years, David also happens to be my husband. In both this and the next episode, David and I will be looking back at 2018 and looking forward to 2019 and talk about tools for ensuring that it is a success. Hey, David, thanks for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you back with us. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you. So first of all, Happy New Year. We just celebrated the end of 2018 and have had the opportunity to reflect on everything that has transpired, both good and not so good. Why don't you tell us about how 2018 was for you and some lessons you learned that will carry you forward into 2019 and beyond? So 2018 is actually a year I'm glad is over with. <laughs> um, you know, I think like for most people, there's ups and downs in every year we go through. 2018 started off, you know, to talk about some of the personal stuff first, you know, really on a down note. Had a couple of personal losses in 2018. I lost one of my sisters at the beginning of the year and my stepmother in June. You know, and those are those are tough. Life has a way of throwing curveballs at you, right? But you know, I also I have some uh, experience under my wheels, so to speak, and and am able to take such losses and turn them into positives and really 
dwell more on what have I learned from my sister or my stepmother and how did they make me a better person so I can dwell on the happy memories. So what did you learn from both of them? I mean, obviously, this is an interesting conversation for us to have because we're married. And I knew both your sister as well as my mother-in-law very well and was obviously also very traumatized by their losses. And what would you say are some of the things that you will always take with you by virtue of the relationships you had with them and what they taught you? I could I could spend days on that. In many respects, my sister was one of my greatest life coaches. She one of her many careers. She was actually a life coach, but I learned a lot of lessons from Julie, especially about how to uh, have a strong marriage. And I think I've used that in our own marriage and that the strongest foundation uh, I think you can have is one, of course, trust, but two, being friends and the importance of laughter. And, you know, we, uh, we both have pretty heavy duty, serious, busy careers, right? But we manage to laugh every night. Um, and I think that's really important. And I learned that a lot from my sister, Julie, from my stepmom, but you know, she was just another very strong woman, uh, in my life of, you know, what I grew up with many strong women and she was always about being yourself, being, being your own mind and making your way in the world that's important to you and not being stopped by barriers that other people will put in your way. You know, especially she, she was a foundry. She was a foreman in a foundry, a steel foundry in the seventies and eighties. And, um, a lot of roadblocks were, were thrown in her way because she was a woman in an, in a man's industry, but that never stopped her. And as an adult, cause she came into my life when I was an adult, um, I think she really helped reinforce that lesson. Yeah. And I would say that I totally agree with the different characterizations you have for both of them. Um, you know, for Julie, you know, I would say I would also, my takeaway from having met her, you know, 20 some years ago at this point was what I really liked about her was her constant quest for self-improvement. And I think that it is very fitting that she was, you know, a coach to others, because I do think what she was trying to help others accomplish and what she held them accountable for, and we'll get into this in a little bit, a little bit later in our time together, you know, just the whole concept of coaching and holding people accountable. I think that she really tried to do that for herself too. Like, I don't think she necessarily at all held others to a different standard than what she held herself to. And I think that that's very important. I think she was one of the most authentic people I knew. And I would say the same thing about my mother-in-law, Eileen, and that she was a very strong woman, particularly in the context of the time in which she grew up and the different issues that she had to deal with personally as well as professionally over the years. I, I think that she was a formidable force and she was very empowering to those around her, particularly the women in, in her orbit. Um, and so, yeah, they are, they are both greatly missed and we will continue to, to miss them tremendously. Um, so, I mean, turning to other things that happened in 2018, um, what were some of the more positive things that happened? Well, you know, I, 
guess I would go first to the transition from from not not so much a down, but uh, a stress to a, a really positive course. And you know, you can talk more about it if you want to. But living through your career change and moving from your longtime professional home to your new professional home in the summer, um, you know, it's uh, it's a stressful process that's fraught with emotion and just hard physical work that takes time to do it. And it's a very stressful thing moving from a well-known environment to something brand new that I personally think has ended really well. I think you're very happy at your new home. You've gone to another uh, firm with just really outstanding lawyers who are also truly good people. And they've welcomed me into the home, so to speak, which is nice for me personally. And I'm excited for you professionally. And, you know, we're a team, so it kind of goes hand in hand. And and I'm really happy that things are really starting to cruise on the upswing for you at your new home. And I like the people. Well, yeah, I would have to say that I I agree with you on that. Um, You know, it's a process. And I am very happy with the move as well. I'm very, I honor and respect um, the home from which I came and will always be grateful for that experience and the people who um, have helped make me and shape me to be the person and the lawyer and the professional that I am today. Um, But I'm very, I'm also very happy that I made the transition and you know, there are, and whenever people talk about transitions like this, there are usually a number of reasons for them. And, you know, sometimes, and this is something that I'm going to ask you about a little bit later, um, when you make transitions, how do you know when is the right time? How do you know what the right transition is? Um, you know, sometimes you need to change an environment in order to, um, to continue to grow and develop the way that you want to. And it's funny, it kind of reminds me of that scene in LA law, which for those of you listeners out there who even remember what the, (laughs) what the show is, I know I'm kind of, you know, dating myself by even referencing it, but it just reminded me of that whole um, series of shows where like Harry Hamlin left the show and he was one of the, you know, and he talked about how, and I remember the line, even though it was now like 30 years ago, almost, if not 30 years ago, where he's telling the founder, the managing partner of the firm that who, you know, all these people were asking him why. And it's like, you know, sometimes you need to leave the known and go to the unknown to continue to grow. And, um, you know, it's funny that line, and that's a show that I loved and actually did influence me to go into the law, but that is a, a line that has stuck with me for a long time about how sometimes you need to really step outside of your comfort zone to really have important breakthroughs. So let me, I want to build from there, but I want to back up slightly too, just in case your listeners are wondering about my comments about your transition to a new firm and feeling like it's home and why is that so important to me? And just to remind your listeners, I worked at your old firm for a very short period of time, 22 years ago, but I had a real connection there and I knew most of the people from there from when I worked there as well, plus over the years. So it is personal to me. Um, and that's why I'm so excited about the new home and talking about, you know, being outside your comfort zone, which I think I've talked about before on your show, but I talk about all the time. Um, 
and some of the other positives for the year for me personally at work, um, you know, 2018 overall was a really good year. It was probably the busiest year of my career. Uh, it was my 12th year at National Material, and today is actually the first official day of my 13th year. Happy anniversary. Material. Thank you. Um, a lot of the year was spent preparing for a trial, which was almost a month-long trial in September, um, which we won, which is always nice. But, you know, so that's a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of hard work, a lot of fun. Um, of course, trials are not outside of my comfort zone. However, this was the first major trial I've had as a client uh, as opposed to being the trial lawyer and sitting at counsel table kind of with the other side pointing their finger at me sometimes is a challenge, right? Um, another a, another thing is it's really going the the expanding your your horizons and moving outside your comfort zone. I started this past year really taking on new areas of work or areas that I had touched on before but have never really worked hard in, and, mm -hmm. and we may talk about this more, but really started to take on towards the end of the year, especially some new practice areas that 31 years into my career, as we said, in many ways make me feel like a first-year associate. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's terrific, and I think actually is very much in keeping with what we're talking about here, which is ways to plan for a successful new year by sort of taking a step back, looking at where you've been, particularly the last year, and giving thought to how have you grown the most? What do you consider to be the most successful experiences you've had? And, you know, for you, it sounds like, you know, maybe experiencing different dimensions of things that you have already experienced, like a trial, being a client and wearing the client hat during a, a major trial, whereas before you have been used to being the person who is the trial lawyer. And what a great professional experience that was for you. And I was obviously here watching that whole experience from your frame of reference. Um, so that was great. And as you mentioned, other professional experiences that you had this year that have sort of made you have that first year associate feeling all over again, um, again, with sort of the takeaway being making sure that each year as you start thinking about and wanting to plan for what's ahead, making sure that your goals make you feel uncomfortable, at least to a certain extent to make you, to make you make sure that you stretch beyond where you currently are. Yeah. I mean, and I engaged in a fair amount of that this year. So I would say that the lessons learned, I think for both of us, and you know, I don't want to speak for you, but the lessons learned include whether it's taking a look at the people we lost this year. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that one of my partners at my old firm passed away at the beginning of the year. And it was a very tragic passing. He was very young. He has two young children and a wife. And that was another dimension to what made 2018 a pretty difficult year. Um, but you know, whether it's through losing folks that mean a lot to us or letting go of other things that have been in our lives for a long time, I think the major takeaways are making sure you go ahead, you go forward and make them proud, whoever they are. 
Um, we shouldn't take anything for granted. It's important to appreciate the day-to-day, and we need to make every day count. And I think those are important lessons to think about when you're planning for the future. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and that, that's true on a personal level and a professional level. Um, and I think, you know, I try to do it in both areas, in both realms. You know, certainly in, in professionally, I do think this past year I really stretched myself, you know, to to take ownership even this far into my career. Like I said, it's a new – it's kind of a new situation in being in a trial, right? I mean I've been managing this litigation for a number of years building up to this, but it can be kind of a scary prospect to realize, you know, this is a big deal for my company to have a major piece of litigation and – I'm the decision maker now. I report up, right? Right. I have a general counsel I report to, but the powers that be are really, they're taking my suggestions. And it's its always a constant push to be confident that I know how to make these decisions and I, and I give good advice and to own it and then convey it that way for something that's that big is – pushing myself and it leads to confidence in other areas. And, and I do think it's important that, that people understand, I, I think at least that kind of, of, uh, you know, to get feedback that people appreciate your advice and to know that even this far into one's career, there can be some hesitation to take ownership of things as like, Hey, you know, my word is is going to sway the business decisions one way or another that could have some pretty serious results, either positively or negatively. Um, so it's a constant struggle, constantly striving to take ownership of that and be comfortable with it. And I think right. I made a lot of strides in that area this year, and I'm really happy with that. That's great. And you also mentioned a, a pre- some pretty important points and are actually a good segue into our next segment. You know, life's too short not to be happy with what you do and to feel like you're consistently growing. And I think part of that is not just taking ownership of things and making sure that you do what you can to keep moving that ball forward, but it's also about being in an environment where you are surrounded by people who are supportive and help either you provide you with those opportunities, which obviously you work towards and earn on your own, but also when those opportunities do come your way, that they are supportive of you and try to help you succeed. It's important to be in an environment that is like that, whether it's personal or professional. Yeah, it is. So let's change gears a little bit. Um, In planning for any new year, there are obviously a number of things to think about, not just for ourselves, but also in the context of our personal and professional lives. So let's take a look at the professional first. When you are gearing up for a new year, how do you best prepare yourself for the year ahead? So that's a good question, and it's probably a little different year to year, but one constant is uh, I try to physically clean my office. 
Um, I'd like to do it at the end of December, but I ran out of time this year. So I, I will do that on Friday when I'm back in the office. I physically reorganize my office and literally clear off my desk. I did a pretty good job this past year of keeping the piles to a minimum during the year, but I have a pretty big desk and I, and I want to get it to the point where I, all I see is my computer and the rest of the desk is completely clean and get rid of the piles and some of the old things I don't need to see. And I do that because I find it on an energy level, really cleansing Mm -hmm. it. And, and it helps renew my energy, cleans out the old, brings in the new. And I find when I walk in the office then on Monday and I have a really clean organized office, I just, I breathe I breathe better and I have more energy and I'm ready to run. And of course, as the year starts to wind down and picks up again, I will think on a bigger level that my company is in manufacturing. So I think a lot about what's going on in the economy, mm-hmm. what's going on in the political world. Um, you know, for us, people always ask, for example, like, well, how do tariffs affect your business? So I think about these things and, and look at, well, how is that going to affect where our business is going for the year? And, of course, I talk to the various business leaders and find out what they're thinking. And I start thinking, well, what are some of the things legally I can do in the coming year that maybe I didn't do or didn't get to do or have never had to do, but this is an area where I can help us improve? So I start thinking about those things. So um, is there anything else that you – think about in terms of like your own personal um, planning, like the economy, especially in your industry is obviously very important. I think your tip and suggestion about cleaning your office is a great one. And I think that sometimes people underestimate the importance of your environment being conducive to you performing to your best level Um, and how clutter sometimes, I I think people underestimate sometimes what an impact things like clutter can have. Um, I mean, my office at work is is still filled with boxes of, you know, client files that have been transferred and and so forth. Um, and, and so I'm, I really, you know, like I'm working towards getting those out of my office as, as quickly as possible, but, you know, even house cleaning projects at the end of the year, I find to be really helpful to get yourself in the right mindset for the coming year. Absolutely. It, 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 it really does alter the flow of energy. Um, even for people who, who don't normally think about that, I would say, try it, just try it, put away the clutter and see my guess is you're going to feel a different energy level. So, yeah, so just, you know, answering the question for myself about the things I think about and how I best prepare myself for the year ahead, you know, you and I are on different sides of the table, so to speak. You're in-house counsel and I'm outside counsel. Um, So high level, what I try to think about is how my last year has gone across a number of different buckets. First, I try to think high level how I performed overall within the context of my job. Um, How did my practice pan out in terms of clients, in terms of the types of work we did for them, in terms of the amount of work we were doing for them? 
I also try to look at the other roles that I play, you know, taking professionally first, um, you know, including leadership roles that I may have or other types of roles or responsibilities I may have beyond just my day-to-day practice. And I also try to look at the goals that I set for myself last year, some of which may be a carryover from other years, but I think it's important to also make sure that you keep your, at least some of your goals pretty fresh. Um, I also, in the context of clients, again, I look at my clients themselves and how they're doing, at least based on my frame of reference and what I know about their businesses, both from what's in the press as well as from my experience in working with them and, you know, how they're doing in, in the competitive landscape of what they do as a business. And I look at whether there's anything else I can do to help them beyond what I'm already doing. Um, I also look at how my firm is doing, how we did financially, what some of the big wins were for the year and what some of the key takeaways are for those wins and what we're planning to do in the short and long term as a partnership, as well as the various facets of the leadership at the firm. I'd like to look at, you know, what they're doing well. Um, It's a great way to get a finger on the pulse of how the firm is doing, but also thinking of ways that I can maybe emulate and, and take lessons from things that they have done. And then I also try to look at myself um, personally and whether I am fulfilled with what I am doing in my life, both from a career perspective as well as other things that I'm doing in my life and whether I'm happy doing all those things and whether my, my life is balanced in a way that I want it to be. Um, and I think it's important to think about all these things because they help you then create your list of goals for the year. Yeah. Now I think as a general rule, you're more disciplined in doing that on uh, a regular annual basis, at least more more intentionally or more focused. But I do that a lot. And this year, I think in a way, I, I've done it more um, intentionally than in past years because I think professionally, 2018 was a very different year for me, primarily with much of the year spent dedicated to the trial ahead in September, right? So I have done a lot of thinking over the last several weeks about, well, what didn't I do in 2018 in the company that I really want to do in 2019 and have made, I haven't written, I haven't written lists, but I've got a good mental list of a few of the things that I want to do. And towards the end of the year, I actually start talking about some of those goals with some other people, like with my boss, with a couple of the business unit leaders, so that, because uh, that goes to putting it out there in the world, um, leads to accountability. I can have all the great lists in my head that I want to, but if I don't speak it out in the world, then I can't be held accountable for not, not carrying through. When when I know I have something, I want to accomplish this, and I speak it into the world, then I'm accountable for accomplishing it. That That's absolutely right, and it's interesting because I think there are other ways that we hold ourselves accountable. I do definitely think that that's one way 
that we hold ourselves accountable. And, um, you know, I think that I'd like to explore that a little bit more in our next segment. We're almost out of time for this first segment of our discussion. I think what we'll do is in our next segment, we will begin our discussion talking about goal setting and then take our discussion from there. So do you have any final thoughts for us before we sign off and how can our listeners find you? Um, well, I'm excited about talking about actual goal setting. Um, I guess a final thought I, I would say what I'd, I'd repeat what I just said is if you're really serious about making a change in some way for yourself, whether it's personally, professionally, or both, think of a goal and then tell somebody who, at least somebody who you care about, uh, because that just, it's your insurance policy. You can say, well, accountability sounds so formal, but that way you speak it into the world, you speak it into existence, and you're more likely to accomplish it. Um, yeah, I to, agree with that. To find me, um, I'm on LinkedIn, David Sussler, um, and I'm on Twitter. And you asked me this last year when you interviewed me, and I don't remember my Twitter handle. I think it's at, at David Sussler. I think it's at David Sussler. Okay, well, that'll make it easy for us to find you. So thanks for joining us for this segment, and I look forward to continuing our conversation. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed our initial exploration of planning for success in 2019. I am your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.